My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hey, hey, everybody. Before we get started with today's episode, just wanted to wish everyone listening, moms, dads, and um, the people who are championing the cause of the next generation of girls, a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season. This is our favorite time of year, so it's so nice to be with you. And just here with a couple quick updates and announcement on the Bible Bells front, we just got in our newest book, Abigail, The Bell of Bravery. It's the third book in our series, The Adventures of Rooney Cruz. And it got here a couple weeks ago. We are so pumped about this book. I don't know what it is about bravery that just gets me out of my chair and excited about what girls need and what we're all so committed to doing at Bible Bells. And everybody listening to this show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The quality of bravery is just something that's very close to my heart. I think it comes from just spending a lot of time with kids and watching them, you know, struggle to make the right decisions and be afraid to stand up and do the right thing. So our newest book, I'm so proud of it. It's definitely the one that I think is just closest to my heart so far that we've made. So Abigail, the Bell of Bravery is available now. I'm so excited. And for the Christmas season, we have bundled our first three books, Hannah, Esther, Abigail, in the Bible Bells, The Adventures of Rooney Cruz series, we've bundled them for Christmas. So you can get all books, one, two, and three, right on our website. So you can go to BibleBells.com slash bundle, B-U-N-D-L-E, and check it out there. We also have devotionals that accompany each book. They're seven-day devos that parents can do with their daughters. So super excited about that. If you are looking for a gift this holiday season and you want it to be a gift that means something, a gift that matters, head over to BibleBells.com slash bundle and check out the first three books in our series, The Adventures of Rooney Cruz, and give that little bell in your life the gifts of prayer, patience, and bravery. And now, on with the show. Welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Tiffany Thurston. Born and raised in Hawaii, Tiffany has been leading worship for the past 18 years. Right out of high school, she began serving on the worship team at her local church before joining the staff as both the vocal and creative director. In 2007, she moved into full-time touring ministry as the worship leader for the Revolve Tour, that's Women of Faith's National Teen Girl Conference. In that same year, she began singing as the sole background singer to Christian recording artist and awesome woman, Natalie Grant. In 2012, she moved back to Hawaii, so jealous, after getting married and starting her own conference for teen girls and college girls in 2013 called the Bloom Conference. And we're going to give Tiffany a chance to share all about Bloom today and lots of other cool things that are going on. So Tiffany, welcome to the show. Hi, Erin. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to talk to you. So you are a world traveler, girl. You've been so many places. You've lived in lots of different cities. You've had many, many adventures over the course of so many years. What is it like for you to be back home living in Hawaii? It's definitely bittersweet. You know, I think I always knew I'd come back home. I just didn't know it'd be this soon. But God has his perfect timing. And there's a whole story to that, too. And I just I'm really grateful that he has me here. And I think it's funny because you always know that you can go back home. And so to finally be able to be back home, sometimes you feel like, oh, is this the end of my journey? You know, because I'm back home. But I, I feel like it's just been the beginning and just the opposite of that. So 
That's really cool. I want to kind of walk people through just, you, you know, the course of your history. And you've got such an interesting story from, you know, growing up in Hawaii and and the place where really the passion and, and creativity that sparked for you in terms of singing and just the, the creative side of, of leading worship. I really want you to get into when that started for you. When did it become sort of a passion and something that really began to drive you and, and call you to a purpose that the Lord placed on your heart? Yeah, you know, I wasn't raised in the church and it was in high school that my mom actually got saved and she had an encounter with the Lord. And then she dragged me and my sister to church and eventually my dad. And it was a couple years after that, that she said, why don't you try out for the worship team? And I'd always loved to sing and always from a toddler to teenager to my entire life. I just always loved singing. So she said, why don't you try doing that? And once I started singing for the Lord, and I'm so grateful for the church leaders that gave me a chance and kind of took a chance on a young teenage girl that was about 18 at the time to just start serving the Lord that way, everything changed. And I realized, wow, I love to sing, but part of that has to do with this is my calling. This is my, this is the thing that God has chosen me for as well. And so I think being able to walk into something that you just feel like I was destined for this, whether it's for one or for thousands, I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. And so I'm grateful for my mom who dragged me to church and and encouraged me to start using my gift for the Lord and, and hopefully then, you know, just be used by the Lord that way. And what was it like? So you you joined the the worship team, probably not knowing really what to expect. But what were those early years like for you? You know, just from a service standpoint, like there you are, you're volunteering and you're kind of cultivating this craft and this talent that you have. So what were those the beginning time of that? What was that like? I was the youngest on the team at the time. I was 18, but the next youngest was in their 30s. And we were in a church that was actually at one point in time, the fastest growing church in the U.S., and New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hawaii with the pastor, um, Pastor Wayne Cordero was actually the senior pastor or is the senior pastor. And we probably had about 5,000 when I started and it grew eventually to like 12,000 people every weekend. Easter's were like 30,000. And so it definitely, there was a system and there was great leaders in place to be able to facilitate that many people, not just on the church, in the church, but also in the team. And I'm really, really grateful for people that believed in me before I knew that was in me. So people that saw potential in me and just would steward me a lot, steward me basically, and kind of walk me through. I also, I think, found the benefit of being involved with the church was because because our family was all brand new Christians, baby Christians in the Lord, that to be able to see what it looked like to walk with Jesus from people that had been doing it a lot longer than we have was crucial. And so I'm a huge advocate of getting involved, of serving the local church. It is the bride of Christ. It is where you're going to flourish. It says, you know, you'll flourish in the house of the Lord. And I really believe that there's such a unique design for the body to be the body. Gosh, that's really cool. And, you know, I grew up in church and a little bit of my background, like it wasn't, it felt like a very rigid sort of experience. I never really felt connected to the Lord, but it sounds like even though you were saved a little bit later and, and like into your early adulthood, people really came alongside you and that was what it was more about. Absolutely. I, I think I had the best cheerleaders um, and the congregation was like, always so encouraging. Someone had asked me, maybe four or five years after I had started serving with the Lord and just kind of growing in, whether it's singing with the Lord or for the Lord, but just, you know, it was a lot of people watching along the way. They said, do you think that you would be doing this if you hadn't received the encouragement that you had along the way? And I said, absolutely not. It was, you know, congregation members that would come up to me after and say, Tiffany, you did such a great job. Or the first time I had a solo, people believing in me and saying like, oh, I really felt the Lord or this was, you did such a great job. Just the little encouragement along the way, not that you need to have all that to be successful in the Lord in any way, but 
I tell you, when the body comes along each other, alongside each other and really like lifts each other up, really builds each other up in the Lord, I think it can result in incredible potential that comes to life. And I, I felt like I was, you know, I, I got to benefit from that. Well, I think that's really awesome too, an encouragement, you know, and you're such a positive person. It's so nice to hear that just that people were pouring into you and giving you support and encouragement. Did you face, I mean, I'm sure there were some negative challenges along the way. Like, did you face anything, you know, early on where you were just like, I don't know, discouraged or that you really needed that support? Like, or was it all just songs and roses? No, I think, you know, I think in the beginning, sometimes the Lord lets it be easy for maybe a reason to keep you there, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> and I think as you grow in your faith, you'll see that while the road is not always roses, it's not always greener on this side. But I think he also knows like the pace in which he's going to walk you through like the fire of life. And I definitely have had a lot more harder things that have come up, you know, now that I've been walking with the Lord almost 20 years. But I definitely feel like I'm really grateful for the encouragement that I had initially that maybe I was even naive to at times, because it really helped me to continue to press in, continue to serve the Lord and continue to see that he is good, no matter what. But I mean, definitely, I think there's things that you kind of doubt yourself along the way, the journey, like, I remember there was a phase in the season where I felt like I maybe six years, seven years into leading worship or being a part of the worship team, I had a season where I didn't feel the Lord the same way that I had felt him in the last six, seven years. And I used to think like, Lord, have you left me? Are you not there? Is there a reason? And I really felt like he kind of pressed me or challenged me with that to say, will you worship me still, even when you don't feel it? And I felt like it was like one of the first big tests in my young walk with the Lord that will I continue to worship him when I don't feel it? or when I don't feel like it, or when I don't feel him personally. And I really felt like it was good. And it was like about a year span that I remember just kind of continuing to trust, even when the feeling wasn't there and going more off of what I knew was true versus what I felt like. Wow. Yeah. And I definitely think, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of just my own self and, and even as a parent, I know you're, you're a soon to be parent, but we have a lot of moms and dads listening who I know that speaks to you, right? Because when it's all fun and games and things are going well, it's easy to hold your hands up and worship the Lord. But when you truly don't feel like he's there and, you know, we're all, we're all just born into, you know, a dark place sometimes. And it's, it's easy to lose sight of, no, he is always there. He is faithful, but you know, are you going to worship him when times are tough? Absolutely. And that's where the rubber meets the road of your faith, you know? And I mean, even there's other things that, you know, God's going to entrust to you. I actually see trials as an entrustment now where I think, wow, Lord, you believe that I could walk through this, that you trusted me enough with this hardship. You trust me sometimes way too much, but (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that and help me to continue to walk through even when it's hard, you know? And I I found that those little lessons that I learned even early on still really apply today. And I'm finding the longer that I'm walking with the Lord that they will continue to apply, you know, from here on out. Definitely. Okay. So you go from, you know, serving with the church, with the church worship team, and then you're, you're on staff there for a number of years. And will you talk about what it was like, you know, you got, you were presented with this really exciting opportunity at that time to be a part of the Revolve tour. Can you talk about, did, did you feel that God strongly called you into that opportunity? What were the circumstances around your decision to join that tour? Yeah, that was a total God thing. So I had been on staff at this point with New Hope as the creative director and vocal director. And at the end of 2006, I just felt like the Lord was giving me this opportunity to step off of church staff, which seemed kind of weird. I talked with our senior pastor. He actually felt like, thumbs up, we support you. And I thought that that was awesome to have. And then I was in a season of actually waiting. I didn't know what I stepped down for. I just felt like there was a season that the Lord had for me coming up. And I needed to kind of be in a season of, kind of 
solitude slash like quiet. And I had, I think at that point, I'm a doer, I'm a kind of a type A sort of personality. So I think I had let what I was doing really define who I was. Mm. And I really felt like the Lord wanted me to kind of get back to the basics and just say like, okay, if you don't have any of that to define yourself by, like, do you realize that just being a child of God is enough? And so after months of kind of living at home for free, thank you, mom and dad, and spending time with the Lord in a different way, I really got to that point. Months after that happens, I get this opportunity out of the blue from someone that I had run into and had admired, Natalie Grant. I would go to this conference every year in Nashville. She runs into me. We had met before at our church years ago, and she calls me out of the blue about a week later and says, I don't know what you've been doing, but you've been on my heart, and there's this tour that's looking for a new worship leader. Would you be interested in applying for it? I can't guarantee you the job, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, what? And then we're just getting off the phone that day because I had been in this season of kind of silence and in solitude wondering, Lord, okay, yeah, am I crazy? I just left my job a few months ago. I don't have a paycheck coming in. I'm living at home for free. Now what? And I felt like that moment, even if I didn't get this job, I felt like he saw me. And he was saying, I know the plans I have for you, Tiff. Will you trust me? And it was just a really humbling moment for me of a place where God really meets you in a, a really quiet season. Well, I didn't hear anything back from the tour for months. And then just about a month before the tour started in September of 2007, I get a call out of the blue from Women of Faith. They interview me and end up hiring me to this worship position on the Revolve Tour. And it's crazy how the Lord works. He works in very mysterious ways. But it was in those seasons of being quiet, learning that it was enough to just be a child of God, as well as realizing, what is it that you're calling me to, Lord? It was like it all culminated into this like kind of point to work with teenage girls and kind of head in that direction. And I tell you, the timing of the Lord is perfect. Even when we feel like it's like not... <laughs> Once you wait it out and you kind of see and you kind of let go and let God, you're like, thank you, Lord. You know so much better than me. Yeah, in hindsight, it's perfect. At the time, you're like, okay, Lord, let's kick this into gear. <laughs> exactly. I'm dying. Where are you? <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, I want to I wanna just camp here for a second. So you spent some time on the Revolve Tour. You know, I, I just want to ask you, I know, you, you know, in, in our previous conversation, you talked about working so closely with Natalie and what's that, what that's meant to you. What are some of the best things you remember about the time you spent touring and being with with her on that team? Yeah, so she was on the Revolve Tour as well. And on that same very last weekend that I was in Hawaii before I moved to the Revolve Tour, she just happened to be at my home church in Hawaii on that last weekend. And on that weekend, she actually ended up asking if I wanted to start singing with her as well. So It's all hilarious that, that you're like, oh, she happened to be there. And yeah. God's like, no, no, no. She was there for, for a purpose on reason, for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, his timing is perfect. And so I start this, um, I remember going to Revolve, the first city that we went to was in Columbus, Ohio, and there was 11,000 teenage girls at this event. And someone had asked me in the green room, whoa, how did, like, first of all, nobody had any idea who I was, which is totally fine, because I'm from this, I'm this, this local girl from Hawaii. They're like, how did you get the Revolve tour and, like, start singing with Natalie? Like, who are you? Like, and I just felt like, they were like, who's your manager? That's what they asked. Who's your manager? And I said, I, I guess the Lord. The and Lord's my manager. Yeah. <laughs> He's on 10%. It. <laughs> Most managers take like 15 to 20. And, um, <laughs> but it, I really learned a lot from Natalie and she had actually been a mentor from afar without her knowing that I'd first seen her sing in 1999. This is now in 2007. And I remember the first time I heard her sing, I thought it was right around the time that I got saved and started singing with the Lord. And I just thought, wow, Lord, if somebody with that kind of voice sings for you, I want to do the same thing. And it's pretty incredible. I'm always amazed at how the Lord like kind of connects the dots and how he would use Natalie later on, eight years later, 
to be used to get me onto the Revolve tour, to at least put my name in and then start singing with her. And that season, which lasted about eight years as well, was just a really sweet season. I felt like I got to be a fly on the wall in a lot of places that I would never probably have been able to afford myself or have the opportunity to. I felt like I got to learn from somebody that had been there, done that, who's just a few years older than me and really get to glean from a woman who loves the Lord and doesn't just have like an amazing heart, but has an incredible gift. And how do you store that? And then she's now an advocate as well for human trafficking, getting to see like the social justice side of somebody where you're using your platform for something so much bigger than yourself. And I just felt like it was a really, really sweet season. And it was, I was the only girl singer with her. And so a lot of times it was just me and her sometimes sharing a room or, you know, being on the bus together or whatnot. We obviously had the band, but it was like all the guys and then us two girls. So I felt like I had a lot of really good, like big sister time slash mentor slash friend. And I will be forever grateful for Natalie and her husband, Bernie. They, they're like a second family to me. But I really got to see just as a, not just a singer, but a communicator of the message in the gospel of Christ, like how it was, it's really done really well. And so I feel like I've still used a lot of the things that I learned in that season of just what it means to love people, not just like when people are looking, but off stage as well, of course, but also how to use your platform for something that is so much bigger than just, you know, CD sales. She, she does so much behind the scenes that nobody would ever know. And I'll be forever grateful for that. See, and that's the bigger, the bigger part of the conversation that we're committed to having, like just listening to you share your heart. Like we, you know, it's easy to tell you're living an inspired life, a life that, that's aimed toward pointing people to the Lord. I want to fast forward a bit. So you're, you're with Revolve, you're, you're singing on tour, and then you move back to Hawaii 2012. You get married. Lots of cool things happen in that season of your life. Talk to me about moving back and starting the Bloom Conference. I just want to give people an, a little bit of insight into how it got started and just take them through, you know, from then to now, sort of what it's become. So we'll spend a little time here. Absolutely. So basically, it's, yeah, same with Natalie for, you know, all the years. And in 2012, I reconnected with a guy I knew from high school, had no idea he had a crush on me. Little did I know that he would be my husband. And it basically all happened really quick. What was really the Lord's timing as well, which I was grateful for, because I'd always have all the aunties ask when I would come back home, like, oh, did you meet anybody on the road or, you know, in Nashville? And I'm like, nope, nobody. (laughs) I'm really glad that the Lord had someone in mind for me and I didn't have to work that hard. But I moved back home in 2012. We really felt like that was where the Lord was calling us as a couple. And I remember in that first few months of being married, my husband's jobs were based in Hawaii and Honolulu, but my jobs were, you know, on the mainland. And so I had a lot of downtime in Hawaii. Obviously, my family lives here, which is great. I got to spend some great time with my mom and dad and cousins and whatnot. But I was like, Lord, why would you allow me to see all of this in the world and then come back to a place that doesn't have any of this? Like, why? And I really felt like he just had me in another season of kind of seeking him, journaling, trusting him and asking him about things. And I really felt like he said, remember you had a dream to maybe start something like you've done on the Revolve? Because at that point, I think I had done five or six seasons with the Revolve Tour, plus all the women events, women of faith events with Natalie or women conferences. Natalie had started her own event with her friend, Charlotte Gamble, called Dare to Be. And so I felt like I was just like in this world of women, like women's ministry, which I never thought I would actually be in in any way or form. But it's funny how the Lord works. And I really felt like he was had been equipping me all these years for something for such a time as this. And so that's where Bloom was birthed. It actually had been an idea in my head for years before it actually was came to life. But I really felt like he was saying, remember, I've been equipping you all these years. And now is the time to do something here in Hawaii. And that's why I brought you back, not just to be married, but to make some change exactly where you know you began. 
And so that's when Bloom started. It was in 2013. I just talked to some of my girlfriends that I knew loved the Lord, had a heart for Hawaii and a heart for the next generation of girls. It was a conference for girls 12 to 22. And I thought we'd open up to their moms too if they want to come. But really the basis would be to reach that next generation and to help them to bloom where they're planted and know that God has created them for something great. I would go on the, when I was on the road, a lot of girls would come up to me after, whether it's Revolve or Natalie, they would say, how do I do that? Or how do I live out my dream? And I would find myself saying this every time, bloom where you're planted. The Lord has placed you in your city, your church, your town, your school for such a time of this as this, but he wants to develop the gifts in you. He wants to develop your character and let him do the promoting. Don't worry about how to get to the next step. Just be faithful exactly with where, where you're at and he'll do the rest. And I felt like it was a big part of my story that I just continued to serve the Lord. And he was the one that did things that he opened the doors that no man could open and closed the doors that no man could, you know, you got what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) I get you girl. (laughs) Um, And I felt like that was just like a message that the Lord was like kind of showing me throughout my traveling years. And so when I got back home, I thought, what a better place to bloom than my own home. And so that's when Revolve, I mean, when Bloom started and we had about 500 girls that first year in 2013, we had, it was a Friday night, Saturday day. We had Andy Downs come, who was a dear friend, and I led worship, and we did some awesome things, and we just got to see girls come and press into Jesus, which was like awesome to see in your own hometown. That's so cool. We had Annie on the podcast, like I think maybe ten or fifteen episodes ago. She's awesome. She is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Talk about glitter at all? No, we talked. Well, we just talked about her book, Looking for Lovely, which is an oh. amazing book where you're like finding Jesus throughout her life. It's so good. I agree. I love it. Yeah, so Annie's been to Bloom a few times, and then our second year we had 1,100 girls. We moved to another church because we outgrew the first church. And then last year in 2015, no, we had actually moved to the arena, the local arena. We had 2,000 girls. And then this last year for Bloom, we had 2,500 at the arena. So God is doing something here, and I believe that it's just like a need for every city and every town. That A pastor once told me this, Christianity is always one generation away from extinction. Therefore, if we're not investing in the next generation today, like who will be our leaders of tomorrow? And that really struck a chord with me. And so for me, obviously my niche, I feel like is females, young girls specifically. And so I'm going to do the best that I can with what I have, but it's exciting to get to partner along with something that you feel like the Lord has committed, like created you for, but also like committed you to, and then just to get to see him do things that only he can do. And that's, I feel like what our testimony so far for Bloom has been. I, I, I can't wait to see what more he'll do. What has it meant to you? I mean, the first, the first time you did it, it was 500 girls and it's just like exploded from there. And just to have it, you know, just get bigger and bigger and reach more and touch more people. What has that meant to you as, as the person who just was really the, the thought leader behind getting these girls together and helping them, like you say so beautifully, bloom where you're planted. A lot of time, you know, girls feel discouraged and like, oh, I've got to do this big thing for God and I have to do this big thing and build this huge platform when that's not really the case. And clearly the message that Bloom is bringing is is to do that just where you are, where God has put you. But what does it mean to you to see it just explode over the last just few years it's been it's been going on? You know, I think it's, it's definitely humbling because you're like, wow, this is definitely not me. But it also is a culmination of the last, I felt like 20 years of my life from working at the church beforehand, then traveling or the relationships that had been developed in my life before, even before that. And it was like kind of coming together. So I always say like bloom didn't happen overnight. It actually began decades ago of the seeds that he had planted already in the hearts of people that poured into me. And then hopefully this is me paying it forward to the next generation and so forth. I also feel like it's me blooming where I'm planted as well. You know? So it's like, as much as I'm telling these girls to bloom, I'm telling 
myself and reminding me like, Lord, how can I use what you've given with where I'm at? You know, the vision for it is still so much bigger than what I feel like we've seen so far. I'd love to see Aloha Stadium, which can probably seat 40,000 on an end concert stage filled. You know, I think there was like a survey that went out on um, a census of, for Hawaii in 2014 where 200,000 girls around that age are in Hawaii. And my pastor from that first church, New Hope Oahu, Pastor Wayne had once said, you never measure the size of a church by how many people are inside, but how many people are outside. And so if you're trying to, you know, hit, like, if you've got 100,000 people churched in on this island of Oahu, but there's still like 800 to 900,000 people that are unchurched, there's still a harvest that's like 800,000 people to reach. And that's the heart of Bloom, that we would hopefully preach definitely the word of God, that the presence of the Lord would be felt, but that we would also try to reach people that maybe would never step foot in a church and that would never consider Jesus. But when they hear the hope of what Jesus, who Jesus is, and what he's done, that they would be compelled in Jesus' name to become a follower of him. So beautiful. So you just wrapped a couple months ago, Bloom 2016. You had a lot of amazing guests and speakers and just musical talent. What were some of the highlights for you this summer? Yeah, I'm blown away because, you know, every year I just kind of try to ask the Lord, okay, what do you want to do this year? (laughs) What's this year look like? And obviously I have people that I'll like bounce things off of and whatnot. We have a team that's incredible, but uh, we had Christine Kane, we had Angela Johnson, her husband, Manuel Reyes, Jefferson Bethke, his wife, Alyssa Bethke. We had Lauren Daigle. We had Krista Black and myself. And I'm, I'm not sure how I made it. I guess I just had to like make sure that I was there to say hi to everybody. <laughs> to come in. But it's very humbling because these are things that I feel like are evidence of the Lord at work where it doesn't, I feel like there's so much of bloom that's happening that doesn't make sense. But when you have a small thing and you just say, Lord, this is what I, this is what I have. We'll give our best. Like he can do so much more. He can multiply it. He can do things that only he can do. And so I feel like it's this dance of faith and walking forward in your faith, but also then like balancing that out with trusting that the Lord can do anything. And I I still am learning that. And it probably take a lifetime to learn that. But every year I try to not hold on too tightly, but still have enough leadership and responsibility to be able to say, okay, yeah, let's move in this direction. And if something changes and it's like the Lord we'll move with it, but this is the plan, but he, you know, he'll order our steps. It's one of those things that I think is still also culminating. And we, one thing that I'm really proud about for Bloom is that it's not just a two day event. It's actually, we have a discipleship program that we start right after the event. And one thing I loved about traveling was getting to see all these girls and they would come to know the Lord. But I was always wondering what happens after that? Like after they accept Jesus, what next? You know, are they really connecting with churches? Are they really getting to discipleship? Because we can all go to those events, right? Where we're like on fire. And like two weeks later, we're like, I'm alone and nobody sees me. And nobody yeah. knows. You're not with anyone. You're like, okay, now what do I do? I'm trying to figure it out. And then you don't do anything. <laughs> exactly. And I'm an adult saying that, right? Yeah. So I'm, how much more would a teenager girl say that? Totally. And so we really tried to work hard with discipleship aspect. And that's one of the beauties about being, being in a place that you've been in before that you're familiar with. We've really connected with the churches. We have a discipleship program that starts immediately after on that Monday so that the girls know that you don't bloom overnight. It's a daily watering of the word of God, but also really getting them into accountability groups and get into a community, which should be the church. And how do we surround them with that and get them planted in the house of the Lord so they can truly flourish in Jesus name? Oh, that's spoken so beautifully. So you are, I mean, you're planning for obviously the next big bloom conference, 2017. What can you tell us about it? Not much yet. Actually, we have a date. And I'm like, where's all the information? And you also have a baby on the way. So don't you have everything planned like right now? 
this is the first time that we didn't sell tickets at our event for the next year. Mm-hmm. And there was a few reasons for that. I, I was pregnant at this bloom and nobody knew. I didn't, oh, they might have thought, but I didn't tell anybody yet. But I'm expecting in January. And so I'm actually in full bloom planning mode now. And God willing, we'll kind of plan it before the baby comes. And then we can kind of launch all that stuff right around time baby comes into the world. And so the hope is it will be definitely in June again and in Hawaii. As far as like the lineup, we haven't announced any of that yet. But stay tuned. You can always go to ilovebloom.com or we've got an Instagram, which we will try to, we try to update it once we have more information. That's just at ilovebloom. Yeah, we have an email blast as well that will just kind of keep people posted with of just what's happening. But yeah, we've been getting a lot of questions like, oh, what's happening? And I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. But definitely we'll announce something in the next month or so, God willing. And we look forward to seeing what God wants to do next year. It's going to be our fifth year too. So really trying to like kind of just pray like, yeah, what, what do you want to do this year? And not try to reduplicate every year, but really like have something fresh from the Lord. No, that's super exciting. And we're going to be really looking forward to as, as things get planned out and just knowing it's in June and sort of watching updates. It's really exciting to know that, that this is where it's going and just this is the heart behind it. I'm so happy that you've been here to share it with us. Thank you for letting me. It's an honor. Hey, so at the end of each episode, we wrap up by doing something called the scoop. It is three rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I I love it. I'm ready. Okay, perfect. So question one, obviously Heroes for Her is the name of the podcast. We love heroes. Who was your hero growing up? Oh my gosh. Okay. Because I'm a singer, I actually loved Mariah Carey and tried to like hit those really high notes. So I would say that was my singing hero. But probably my other hero is my mom. She's like a contractor. She... She sat on all these boards and she's just a powerhouse woman that really like thrived in a man's world. And so also she gave birth to me and it took 36 hours. And so now that I'm becoming a mom, I'm like, you are definitely my hero, mama. <laughs> I don't even know her. 36 hours, that's, she's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's amazing. Second question, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh my gosh. You may not be able to put this one down, but when we got married, someone said to fight naked. <laughs> That is the best piece of advice. <laughs> All you so married folks out there. And you know what? The fight might last not as long as you think. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. And you guys got married. You've been married not as long as Brent and I, but that's so funny. Like, we're constantly trying to figure out, okay, how, like, how do you keep the spark in? And, and when we fight, like, what are the best ways to approach this conversation? We're still filling that out. But fight naked's a good one. So all you married folks, listen to that. <laughs> last question. Question three. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Flying. I've always, like, I had dreams of, like, me flying, but it was funny. Like, my flying power wasn't, like, super, like, superwoman, superman. Like, I had to work for it. It was, like, doing the breaststroke, and it took a while to get, like, accelerated up the ascension. So I wish I could fly, but maybe, like, have an easier time flying. I think that that would be amazing. And I love, like, the bird's eye view of things, like maps. Like, even when I'm in a plane, I love looking down and being like, this is so cool. I can see this side from that side. I think what's cool about that is like picturing you swimming in the in the air, <laughs> but not really going anywhere at the beginning. <laughs> yes, I would have this recurring one where I was like, just trying to get off the ground was like so hard. And I was working so hard to fly just like 10 feet. So hopefully I, if I can fly, I could fly better, you know, and faster. So good. <laughs> so one more time, where is the best place for people to go to to find more about Bloom, more about you, what you're doing? I love Bloom.com. Or Instagram at I Love Bloom for me, TiffanyThurston.com or at Tiffany Thurston. That's Tiffany like the store, Thurston like Thurston Howell the third. Nice reference, by the way. <laughs> 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 Tiffany, it's been so good having you. Thanks so much for being here. 
Thank you for having me, Erin. Love you. Love you too. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at biblebells.com. Just let go.